Hello everybody and welcome to the figure forecast, the latest edition. We've had a couple of weeks off, mainly because wrestling has been really boring on WWE's side. Smackdown's been tickering along with a few decent stories, but Raw has been woeful, absolutely woeful. And if I'm honest, I didn't particularly want to watch it. I still haven't watched it. I'm not going to lie, I've seen a few highlights. Um, what we're going to do on this episode is ever so slightly different. We are going to go through Raw as such and we're going to share uh, a little bit of our thoughts on there. But we're going to say sort of what went wrong and what we could, how, sorry, how we could fix it. Damien's going to say how we could fix it. And we're just going to discuss about Monday Night Raw in general, about just the state that it's in, the woeful state that it is in, and if anything can be done to save it, and yeah, we'll just have a little bit of a discussion. But anyway, as ever, I'm joined by Damien Cross. I was waffling on a little bit there, Damien, but how are you? How are you? It's been a couple of weeks since we've actually spoken about wrestling. Yeah, I, I didn't think he was going to introduce me there. Um, and I've been alright. Um, been a bit busy. Obviously, didn't manage to record last week um, due to combination of events and wrestling not really being that interesting as you said um i i was i was excited to get back to recording the podcast this week um until yesterday so i feel like we should, we should throw it out here i i started to break down monday night raw on tuesday this week and then on wednesday wwe released some more wrestlers which Shockingly, to be honest, uh, for me, uh, included Braun Strowman and Alistair Black. Uh, Braun because he seemed like a WWE guy, and Alistair Black because obviously he just started a big story. Um, the other big names was Lana and Buddy Murphy, as well as a woman from NXT um, who was waiting to be called up, apparently. And they just kept delaying. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Um, Santana Garrett. She was actually pretty good. From everything I saw of her in NXT, she was pretty good. So it's a shame. Yeah. Uh, again, same as with the releases earlier in the year. Um, we hope for the best for all of them. There's a lot of good promotions out there. So hopefully, once those 90 days are up, they can all land on their feet somewhere doing something. But it it just kind of added to this feeling that WWE might not be able to turn the ship around now they're decline, declining in quality and now they're also declining in numbers we always talk about WWE hoarding talent but I put in the the legwork to work it out if you separate people into men women and tag teams I didn't separate the women's tag teams I'll tell you why in a second but the numbers aren't great there's 40 men split across the two uh, shows, Raw and SmackDown, and that, that's not including the tag teams there. And uh, 17 women now. Like pretty bleak. I, like without bringing in legends and stuff, you, you can't you can't fill a Royal Rumble pay per view with with that. They obviously I know they can bring up NXT talent, but how woefully they've handled every call up ever. Why would you want to be called up? The interesting <laughs> thing now is officially the the women's tag division has two teams in it. I did see that. Two official teams. That's crazy, so isn't it? Obviously now. So I forgot to mention it on the, the list. Ruby Riot was was released as well. So I forgot to mention it. Yeah, before. yeah. How so could we forget? Losing Lana and Ruby Riot now has taken that from four teams down to two, especially as Shayna and Nia are beginning to separate. It looks, but I don't know what we do from here. There's talks that they might be selling. I don't know if that's a thing or not. But something big seems like it's about to happen because, yeah, like it doesn't make any sense. But uh, it's it's um it sort of feels a bit like Groundhog Day, doesn't it? It's happened yeah. way too often for my liking. 
so a big ball of wrestlers being released and this kind of seems like the most surprising with the names that you you've mentioned there yeah i mean so, wb always release talent around post wrestlemania but normally you see the names and you're like oh yeah that makes sense like they've not appeared on tv they didn't have a wrestlemania match they're not doing yeah. anything with them and then you've got wrestlers who are just starting stories and like we were in the title picture a few weeks ago and it's like I, I, I mentioned yeah. it uh, just talking to my dad about wrestling but at this point WWE if you're a wrestler why would you pick WWE there's no job stability and like this was all cost cutting apparently Braun Strowman was on a million dollars a year and they needed to cut costs yeah. so he was gone so are they really going to be offering more than competitors if yeah, that would like I don't know like, well this this all feeds into the, um, the, the sort of rumours of them selling up doesn't it because yeah. when you're selling a business you get rid of sort of some big money going out of the company if you want so Braun Strowman's on over a million a year that's a million off of the books and a million staying in the company so it makes it look more um, attractive to potential buyers yeah. but the over sort of historically over the last few years WWE worth just throwing money at wrestlers and hoarding talent if you want like we saw it with Gallows and Anderson all these sort of people you give them huge contracts and sort of ward them off AEW so the fact that they're now kind of almost not bothered about AEW, it, it kind of does sort of ring alarm bells in my head that maybe they are looking to sell. And like that's the sort of when you look into it a bit deeper, all angles are kind of pointing towards that one solution. It's um it's strange, and yeah. it is what it is sort of noteworthy to say that WWE still aren't short of talent. Like you've gone through the. Yeah the main roster there but I had a look and they've got over 200 wrestlers on their books yeah. sort of between NXT NXT UK and their development and stuff so they've still got plenty of talent there but yeah the uh, main roster's sort of star power is uh, somewhat diminished after this latest yeah. round of and although yeah there is plenty in NXT and developmental and things like that with them going back on the road soon you'd imagine you want names like the average person the average fan isn't following like developmental wrestlers and might not know the indie scene very well like those fans are probably going to be more into NXT and AEW than WWE yeah. to be honest so are they going to be cheering for a guy that is a tremendous worker but no one's ever heard of him when he comes out of a live crowd for the first time in the year. Like, say what you want about yeah. the in-ring work of someone like Braun Strowman is not like the, the most over person, but he would get a reaction in front of a live crowd. So, but yeah, uh, we'll see what have to see what happens with that. Obviously, if anything does come out about WWE selling, I know some of our listeners don't follow the, uh, the wrestling news on Twitter and stuff so we'll discuss that and keep, keep everyone updated from any big developments but I think we want to move on and try and fix Monday Night Raw. Now I started writing and working through this. This might be a long podcast. <laughs> I, start, I started working through this before the releases and although... Don't tell me Braun Strowman was your solution. No, although none of them directly <laughs> impact uh, some of my changes um, I didn't consider that they wouldn't be there so right, obviously Lana appeared on Monday Night Raw we have to discuss that but WWE's solution was apparently get rid of Lana that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't my solution do you so, know what it's just come to my head sorry just to butt in but I know you said there's only two female tag teams now but you've forgotten another female tag team Alexa Bliss and Lily. How could you forget? How could um, you forget? They can say I don't. I don't think 
uh, they've registered as a tag team, and uh, as we know from the build to WrestleMania, you have to register as a tag oh, team yeah. before you can have a tag team match. Yeah, that is crucial. That is crucial. Yeah. Although, did Nicholas and Braun Strowman register? Uh, maybe it's a rule that got brought in because of that. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Right, so <laughs> let's let's start the show. Uh, Monday Night Raw this week started with uh, the Miz, T- Miz TV, the Miz and Morrison cutting a bit of a promo amongst themselves before the guests came out. And first of all, I don't think this was the right way to start the show. It was fine as a segment, a little bit too goofy for my personal taste, but that is kind of the roles that the Miz and Morrison have had for a while now. So. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't really change too much about it, apart from its position on the cards. I feel like you want to open strong, and Raw didn't really open that strong. Um, I, I want them to develop something towards them feuding, and hopefully John Morrison can go and have a bit of a serious uh, singles run. Maybe there can be a title involved, but in terms of this week's Raw, I don't think it, that was too terrible. I didn't think it was great but I, I didn't feel the need to change it because of what it kind of set up. It's, it was more to set up the next segment than it was by itself but I didn't think it particularly needed changing um, apart from it, it was the corny babyface goofiness that we love to do. Now I'm not really good at promos I'm not going to be trying to change anything of what they say I'm just going to give a point out. Slightly less goofy. I'm sure you can do it. Like, and he, he he does the kind of slightly goofy, but not overly goofy stuff in some of the stuff uh, uh, Miz, and Mor- uh, Miz and Morrison. Miz and Mrs. Uh, I've never watched it, but some of the promo packages for that, they show the kind of silly side without going too far. Like He has that natural jokiness about him. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Miz and Morrison would be a reality show that I would I could get on board with. I'd watch that, I think. Yeah. Just following them around. I'm, I'm down for that. I really wanted to watch when they were doing Total Bellas, when they had all the men and Joker doing Total Fellas. I really wanted to see that. But... <laughs> oh um, my goodness. So the first big segment was Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, Nikki Cross. Now, I can't change too much because obviously this was set up last week. I'm only changing one episode of uh, of Raw. But why have they? T- First of all, why have they turned Nikki Cross into a jobber? She's celebrating surviving two minutes in a match with Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. Exactly. Like, how much of a loser is she? I would celebrate lasting two minutes in a match because I'm not a wrestler, and that would be an achievement. That I didn't get my ass kicked inside two minutes. <laughs> like that's a that's a storyline for Damien Cross, not Nikki Cross. <laughs> now yeah. you thought of that the... one a week, haven't you? No, I literally <laughs> just thought of that one. I had a thing about Spider-Man and Matchman and Randy Savage. I was I had before, but <laughs> my solution to this was to use when WWE love to use, but it's the only time I'm going to use it in uh, the this this show. The distraction roll-up. WWE love to use it, and here would have made sense. The one time it makes sense to include it, they don't do it. You could actually give Nikki Cross a win to actually celebrate mm. and continue that story by having Rhea kind of distract Charlotte. She was at ringside, it would have made complete sense. And somehow WWE decided not to do that. Like, yeah. the, the one time it would have made sense for them. There's obviously a few that happen later on the actual show, but if you take them out and just have one a show, still maybe a little bit too much, but I think you can get away with that. And yeah, you can. I tend to agree. You can have a story with where Nikki Cross worms away into a title shot against the winner and then you've got a, a story to go on you don't have anything at the minute she's she can survive for two minutes like you just run away yeah. and make it for two like 
So that was my solution to yeah, fix exactly. that segment. I don't know what you think about that's that. Your, but... but I mean, it's better than what we got served on Raw. It's better than a loser um, celebrating. Yeah, it lasted two minutes, not even winning. And this is a babyface sort of lucky underdog that we're meant to get behind. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. just laughable, isn't it? It really is. So yeah, I'll, I'll go with your booking on that. It's, um, I mean, it's not amazing. It's not sort of groundbreaking no, no. or anything. It's not but perfect, that's not what you need. It's, uh, it does a better job than what more is. I was trying to keep as much stuff going that's already been set up. So rather than something a completely blank oh, slate, yeah. Yeah. Just trying to book one show, see if I could do it, do it better. So I didn't have much to work not with like. as I set it up last week. Nikki Cross gets engulfed in an inferno and uh, Lily defeats Rhea Ripley and becomes women's champion. Oh, I mean, maybe WWE will do that. Who knows? Yeah, uh, kind of. Who knows? The next kind of storyline for Raw was the RK Bro, which I'm actually really enjoying. Yeah. Like, the kind of odd couple dynamic between Randy Orton and Riddle is enjoyable I like you've got the seriousness of Randy Orton and kind of the doofusness of Riddle's character I think they play off each other really well and surprisingly is something that's working well I would say Riddle is very childish in his backstage promo that they've set up not so much when they get out to the ring still there like seems to be toned down when in front of the cameras there but backstage he acts about 10 and this is a man who's 35 yeah. but we all I know really, my feelings on this riddle character I, I i really have enjoyed the the tag team thing and randy orton hitting the bro derrick is it was it yeah yeah um kind I of think fun it is that following on after Riddle hit the area last week they're kind of teasing they're going to be a, become a tag team and I actually wouldn't change anything from the match because they're pacing the story well they can do it they can do it on Monday Night Raw they pace the story well and you can see a tag team title match somewhere down the line um, and then the eventual breakup and then an, an eventual breakup but we can probably hold yeah. off on a Blake breakup till end of the year beginning of next year and get a good run out of this story but that is agree, so incredibly optimistic maybe Randy Orton will be uh, released who knows <laughs> um, yeah I, I agree with you on this one it's um, for me it's kind of the best of a bad bunch I don't think it's an amazing story but at least it's sort of coherent and got, and got a little bit yeah. of uh, interest in there and I kind of like to imagine Matt Riddle and uh, Randy Orton sort of before and after the shows sharing a bit of the ganja and uh, sort of laughing and joking about the scope going back now with what we've got to do tonight <laughs> what the shit this is and then uh, just getting high and forgetting about yeah. it so yeah brings me a bit of entertainment to think about that yeah then maybe Randy Orton will shit in someone's bag I think I think he's grown up a bit since then or at least uh, I like to hope so this is where I started to struggle with writing the next segment was Shayna Baszler versus Reginald. I can't figure out if this is meant to be setting up a Shayna versus Nia feud or if it's just a stopgap for us to get Shayna versus Alexa Bliss because Lily has been getting involved in Shayna Baszler matches like Pyro coming out of the turnbuckle and stuff and they later on have a backstage segment as well which Shayna definitely deserves better. Um, Do you know what? Not not only Shayna deserves better. Shayna should right. This is this is what should be the writing for this raw. Shayna kills Reginald, like literally kills the guy because she could in real life. She's an MMA person. Kills Nia Jax, gets the fuck away from Alexa Bliss, and just goes into a title picture with Rhea Ripley. That's that. But not only does she deserve better, Alex Bliss deserves better than this yeah. dross. This absolute dross of Lily. Do you remember Alex Bliss? Like, who she actually is? Do they remember who she actually is? She's like one of the best female wrestlers in the entire company. Like, character work, that goddess character where she was the champion. 
then the heel champion was great, and now she's reduced to this shite. It's so bad. It is so so bad. Yeah. I'll, but go I'll on, go on with yours. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I was trying. I was trying to think of a solution and how it's been set up. Really, it is something you just need to do away with. But burn it with fire. If you are dead set on going with this story, then. I don't really know what you gotta you gotta define your end goal. I think the end goal is that Baszler becomes a singles wrestler rather than a t- team wrestler, splits from Nijax, feuds with Alexa Bliss, and then maybe somewhere down the line you actually get the feud with Nijax. I think. That seems to be the way WWE go. Mm. I'd flip it. I'd have a feud with Nijax first. And if you're dead set on having Alexa Bliss be this spooky character, female fiend or whatever you want to call her, I'd take it in a different direction. I would rather see her playing like a like a puppet, pu- not not she's literally a puppet. Like she's controlling things behind the scenes. Like she's setting things up to make people feel. You can, yeah, that's you can, quite interesting. You can play the the spookiness of things happening, like things things are going wrong between Shayna and Nia Jax, and then you just kind of see that Lily doll in the background, and it's like, oh yeah, Alexa Bliss is is doing this, which is the puppet master, the like puppet Voodoo master, kind of. yeah. Papa Shango, I mentioned him the other week. It, it fits the spookiness that WWE seemed to want for Alexa Bliss. And also fits the story that they're trying to tell. Yeah. But they're doing this yeah. weird pyro distraction thing instead. Now, I am interested in a Fallout feud with Shayna and Nijax. I just want to be. I think it'll be interesting to see how they'll put on a match to get up against each other. Uh, it's, it's um, it's all just messed up, really, isn't it? This, yeah. Like I didn't. I wasn't. When we before WrestleMania in this whole spooky bollocks um, storyline with Randy Orton and Fiend and Alexa, I actually grew to sort of perversely like it because it kind of well, it, it obviously had a story behind it, and yeah. the Alexa Bliss character there, if you remember, um, like the costume changes halfway through matches and stuff, and when she went back to her old character, it's sort of like she was trying to escape from Fiend's clutch in a way. She was trapped under his spell. It feels like they've just completely forgotten about that, and I, I was kind of interested in that. I thought it could have been quite um, uh, a layered character that you could have had there, of her trying to escape from yeah. the fiend's clutch and, and everything like that. But it seems like now that she is just a spooky witch, scary woman thing, and like there's there's sort of no character behind it apart from weird doll that she has no. it just seems all messed up and if they stuck with that character initially I feel like they could have had something here but look, obviously Bray Wyatt's out of action for a while for like, external reasons just... wrestling and stuff but you could... <sighs> there's just so many things you could have done with a spooky bollocks storyline that they haven't done Yeah, it, it just seems like a waste and it just feeding Shayna Baszler to her as, as sort of her first victim seems absolutely crazy to me. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, it could. It, it's one of those things where on paper it could work, but in execution it isn't. Like, it's not make. I don't see a way it makes Shayna look good. It doesn't make Alexa Bliss look good. It doesn't do anything for Nia Jax and Reginald. Um, like who's benefiting from this story? So yeah, my solution was a kind of a puppet master type character, and you can actually then focus on um, uh, setting up a match. Probably fairly soon. I feel like it will be a good match to have when the crowds come back between Nia and Shayna. Yeah. With Shayna getting the win because she's the one that Alexa Bliss is messing with. And then you can either build to a match against Alexa Bliss at SummerSlam, maybe, mm-hmm. 
or you can put that on the on the back burner and then Shayna starts a feud with somebody else but still like Alexa Bliss is manipulating things so you build you can build it slowly like I know WWE don't yeah. like to do long-term booking but they they really should like you can tell a story over a couple of months without actually having the wrestlers interact every single week directly and have the same match 400 times before you even get to a pay-per-view which is actually a running yeah. theme that I try and fix throughout the rest of the show um <laughs> I like your booking for that one actually. I do really like the booking master idea. I think that's got legs behind it. And we all know WWE listen to us, so yeah. maybe they'll pick that up. I'm, I'm going to tweet them. Turn Alexa Bliss into a puppet master character. I mean, the only problem with that is they're probably going to mis- misconstrue what I've said and turn her into a puppet. <laughs> so she'll, have, she'll, she'll come out on Raw and she'll have strings and like her arms will be doing like weird like puppety yeah. things. And I'll be like, oh, that's not what I meant. I mean, to be honest, yeah. I think that'd be better than Lily the doll. So, <laughs> it's not great. Watch him, watch him switch roles now and Lily takes over Alexa Bliss's body and then the doll turns into Alexa Bliss. That's what's going to happen. The next match on the card was T-Bar and Mace versus the Lucha House Party. This was a glorified squash match. I feel it, on a different year that wasn't still affected by the pandemic this would have just been a local tag team for them to get a win over unfortunately they can't do that in a minute so it has to fall to the lucha house party it, it's an old style of booking to make a team look strong it's not something i particularly care for but it, the my, my solution would be to have replace the match with maybe the Viking Raiders versus the Lucha House Party and have T-Bar and Mace attack someone after the match but I, it, that is a kind of fallback because I do actually end up using that for something else so I actually cut that match I don't feel it really added anything at the minute and I feel like you yeah. need to get the tag team into a better position the, the tag team division into a better position to start to build up Mason T-Bar probably give them a better, better names um, just give them their original names man How, why are they still called Mason yeah. T-Bar when they've moved away from Retribution um, cutting that match obviously Crazy. also gives a little bit of time to some of the other matches so that's a, another benefit nothing against any of the wrestlers involved it's just it didn't really add anything to the show because it's just they're boring as fuck well they're not in a storyline so, well, true. Um, WWE making them boring as well. So I'll move on to, to matches I enjoyed. The in-ring stuff was good, but the booking, once again, was questionable. Sheamus versus Ricochet, followed immediately by Sheamus versus Humberto Carrillo. Both, well, all three, really talented wrestlers, and. <laughs> This has been a story building for a number of weeks. Obviously, Humberto had the injury scare. Then you had the Rick O'Shea stuff, which was cheesy, but it did get a laugh out of me. So I can't hate on it too much. Uh, but both of these matches were distraction finishes. Like yeah. Two back to back. From your baby faces as well from your baby faces so this is the one I wanted to change and I want to know what you think of this instead instead of having them each face Seamus one after the other have them face each other set it up backstage talking about how they've been uh, trying to get one over on Seamus and they want a US title shot oh you both want one we'll go and have a match we'll see who deserves it and then you have Seamus beat them down after the match Sheamus gets his heat, he's the heel. And you don't have to have Sheamus versus a potential challenger match for eight weeks in a row. Do you know it's what? A- it's, it's crazy how simple that solution is, but it would just be a hundred times better than what we got served. Yeah. The, the problem is, in this feud, is we're going to get one of, one of those matches or a triple threat yeah. for the title. But we've already seen them fight 
if it's a singles match, we've already seen both those singles matches. So where's the interest in it? Well, this is one of the longer-term problems of uh, not only yeah. Royal WWE, isn't it? It's just like the same people facing over and over again. It's just no fresh, no um, sort of bouts to, to see. So that yeah, that that was my my solution. There was. Humberto versus Ricochet, which I think would be a really good match, especially if you give it a bit of time, being as I cut the previous match. Yeah. And then have a beatdown from Sheamus. He's a he's a heel. Post match beatdown is a, a pretty cliche, but it is a heel tactic. And no, it's simple but effective. Like yeah. Said. It works. It works. Is the thing WWE would have done in the past? I don't know why they yeah. stopped. I don't remember when they well, stopped either. Like you say, it puts heat on your bad guy and it makes your good guys look not like complete dickheads like they did actually on Raw this time. So it works from every angle and yeah, it would just, like I said, it's just 100% better than the crap that Raw put on the table on Monday night. There's only a thumbs up from me. Yeah, there's only a couple more segments that uh, they had. All of them, good. apart from the main event, were terrible. <laughs> so we have. Oh man, do you know what? I love how much <laughs> over the last few weeks Raw has broken you and got you to the same stage that I'm at now. Where it's, it's just like, God, this is absolutely awful. <laughs> and so I just can't be dealing with it. With, with the matches that we've got to talk about, and I'm going to clump them, two of them together because I actually want to know what you would do because. Booking just a single show and not really be able to make any drastic changes, like massive changes, I, I was yeah. at a loss. So we had Lana and Naomi versus Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. Obviously, we now know that Lana was two days away from leaving WWE. So, <sighs> um, but that's a match that's happened like four times in the last month, or it feels like it has at least. And the other one was Cedric Alexander versus Shelton Benjamin, which again, I feel like I've seen that a dozen times. <laughs> it's because you have. It is because you have. You've seen both matches so many times. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, there's only two teams now for the women's uh, tag team uh, division. Yeah. The, the easiest solution WWE threw out the window a couple of months back which was NXT have some women's teams but they decided to give them their own tag titles which is good for NXT because it means they don't have to interact with the main roster but makes no sense they should have just let them have the WWE tag team titles and stopped it being on the main roster but that wasn't an option for me the only thing I could think of was if you to have one of them, one of the four, have a singles match against someone not included in this. And my solution was to do Naomi versus Asuka. And in hindsight, that would have been really good because Naomi was about to lose a tag team partner and become a singles wrestler anyway. But Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's anything going on with Asuka. She could be suffering a minor injury or something. You could could have a match, she could get, get a win, which she needs. Didn't hurt Naomi to lose to Asuka, but it also stops seeing the same matches. It's a different match type. Now, maybe you want to save it for somewhere down the line, but I don't feel like WWE has the luxury of doing that, especially in the women's uh, division. That was my solution to to put a women's match on the card for Monday Night Raw, but not something we've seen repeatedly, and something that in theory makes sense like the tag team matches we've seen there's definitely no feud because one of the wrestlers is gone so it's not setting anything up <laughs> it's just sort of um, it kind of feels like WWE going alright oh, here's your quitter for women's matches for the night we'll give them two or three minutes uh, there you go back women on the show done is all it kind yeah. of feels like to me do you know what? It's it's kind of hard to book in front as the WWE put them themselves in, sort of booking themselves into a wall, like you say. We've seen this yeah. dynamic between the four women so much. 
<clears throat> I was just trying to think off the top of my head, like, what could you do to freshen it up a little bit? And the only thing that I could think of was you have them all in the in the ring. They're about to to um, get into the match, and Eva Marie comes down and sort of gets involved in the feud, and like, I don't know, sort of anything, literally anything to just freshen it up. That's the only thing I could think of. Like her come down and say, "Oh, you're all yeah. crap. You're all bollocks. I'm better than you. Done. <laughs> That's it. I don't know. I honestly yeah. don't know. No. But like, I would take anything over what we got. I'm gonna get some flack for this opinion, but those four wrestlers, Lana, Naomi, Mandy Rose, and Dana Brooke, with the right booking, and this is you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna think I'm going crazy here, but with the right booking by some competent writers all four of those could potentially be women's champion including Lana as crazy as that sounds with the right booking they all have that potential because you just craft a story around their strengths and their weaknesses now Lana's weakness is her in-ring performance but she was really good She's been really good in the past on the mic. Yeah, yeah, She's not great. always given the best stuff, but her stuff with Rusev, like, she was over. The Lana is the best Lana number one days. She was over. 100%. And even during her sort of thing with Bobby Lashley, she played the heel sort of villain in that story extremely well. It's just WWE didn't play to her strengths. Yeah. For some now, reason, they I'm threw not, in I'm not saying ring. I would want... I'm not saying I would want her to be the women's champion, but the point remains that you could write a story where that happens. Give yeah, her yeah. someone as, quote, muscle to kind of uh, help her win the championship. Yeah. She's going to get booed, but you're going to want her to get booed if you're booking that story. And it's kind of the same with the other three. Naomi is a, is a former SmackDown women's champion. Um, Dana Brooke hasn't really been pushed, but she has the look that could be pushed as a champion. And same with Mandy Rose. They're yeah. quite, quite muscly for like the, the women's division, so yeah. like, you can use that to, to book them as, as champions. So there's something you could do with all of them. But we just... We're going to pair you together because you look kind of similar. Uh, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, that is. And we're going to have a tag team that doesn't really seem to achieve anything. I don't don't like short title reigns, but give them a short tag title reign. Do something. Do anything with them. Just don't put them in this same match every week for no avail. Uh, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin there's five or six uh, wrestlers that didn't appear on the cards didn't have a match on the cards sorry that they could face Um, Damien Priest Drew Gulag uh, Mustafa Ali none of them had matches the list goes on and on like those Jeff Hardy Jinder Mahal like Mansoor. Man, yeah. None of like they have. Some of them like those appeared. None of them had matches. Just have one of them face up. Just pick names from a hat. Like it, it doesn't matter. Like just don't. Just not us. the same match over and over, please. Shelton Benjamin versus Cedric Alexander for the fifth. I think it's the fifth time. In a row. Or better yet, go back in time. Don't split them up. Then you've got another tag team. I know, right? It's almost like, like uh, breaking up the hurt business was completely pointless. And now, like the two people that have broken away from it are floundering, doing absolutely a fool. Who would have thought? Who predicted it? Um, now, I wish the show got better. I wish we had something better to talk about next. But next is crazy for a completely different reason. Exactly. 
We have AJ Styles and Omos versus Elias and Riker. I can't think of his first name. Jackson. Jackson Riker. Um, now they set up before the match some distrust between Elias and Jackson Riker, and then split them up in the match. Yeah. Like, talk talk about not doing long term booking. I think they had five minutes. Like, <laughs> normally, you know, what, when a was, tag team splits really, up, really you... weird. Yeah, this was really strange because like it was Memorial Day weekend, right in America, and the sort of the tension was teased earlier in the show, where mm-hmm. Jackson Riker said, oh, "I've been in Iraq, I've been in Iraq and stuff," and then the sort of a bit not grumpy, but you know what I mean. He's like really serious about it, and it was kind of like Elias was taking the piss out of post-traumatic stress. Um, is it post-traumatic stress? Um, yeah, PTSD. Um, it, it kind of gave me those sort of vibes. I was like, is that the undertones that you're really going for? Or have you just written it so badly that you've fumbled into it? Because it, either way, it's not a good look. I didn't really pick up on that, but the show had got so bad at this point that... Um, Probably I not paying attention to be fair. Oh yeah, I was losing interest, which I should be you focusing. Did work to last. Um, but the biggest question is why split up Elias and Riker immediately? Like I said, as like I was about to say, WWE normally tease splits for weeks. They didn't. They they was like, oh, they might split up. <laughs> Psych. Yeah. They're split up now. Um, Do you know what? You might sound crazy saying this right but Jackson Riker has just been split up and presumably he's going to be a singles competitor now on the main roster um, money in the bank's coming up in a couple of months and look have a look at the look of Jackson Riker yeah, <laughs> he's I mean, ripped he's started wearing trunks he's Vince McMahon's wet dream could Jackson Riker win money in the bank Otis won it last year. I mean, Otis was over. <laughs> well, he was. He was, yeah. I mean, there, there is time for Jackson Riker to get over. I d- as horrible it is, he's a name over. that I keep seeing. People people keep seeing, keep asking for him to be released instead of others. Now, I wouldn't wish someone to be released instead of someone else. That's not a fair thing, because yeah. you, you can only but, do with what, what you're dealt with. But... I don't think public opinion on Jackson Riker is in the right spot for him to be given money in the bank. No, well, you know, uh, you know what happened to him all last year with his social media comments and stuff. Um, he, yeah. um, he seems like a bit of a uh, see you next Tuesday, shall we say? So um, in real life, I don't think we are going to be strapping a rocket on him and pushing him to the main event. Although, they I'm are in need of some main events. No, I... Maybe Elias. I'd, that would be equally as bad, but I'd be way more interested in seeing that. Well, the thing is with Elias, like, um, with live crowds, hopefully returning when they say they will be, he's a very much a live crowd man, and like his act does not work yeah. in front of computer screens. He gets the crowd riled up and whatnot so you could see it him winning money in the bank and coming out every night taunting the crowd doing it really good the way he does it potentially could work yeah um my I didn't really feel feel there was much change I, I didn't my idea was just don't split them up and maybe instead of having <laughs> them face AJ and Omos have them face the Viking Raiders you could even slap a number one contendership stipulation on it for the titles yeah. because presumably we're just going to be told oh, yeah, this 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 match is for the titles one week so so on a little little booking plan you get a match for the championship whether it happens at Hell in a Cell or just on a on a Raw not first but I feel like bringing back that normal containership stipulation for the title matches can just add a lot to feuds. Yeah, um, I agree. And there was oh, then there was the Alexa's playground, which continued the, the setup. Um, it was meant to be with Reginald, but Shayna Baszler like 
just blindsides him, attacks him, and then has a confrontation with Alexa Bliss and a stare down with Lily. Now I was two and a half hours into Monday Night Raw. It was getting late. I think it was about half ten at this point. Don't know if I was losing it, but I I did kind of laugh at the. I, th I think she's she stares down at Lily and just like you're just a doll or something. And it's like yeah, oh, he is just a doll trainer. Like <laughs> it Poor made me Shane laugh. Basler. Just oh shame Um I like oh. that she attacks Reginald like that. That was good, at least she got the... That's what she should be doing, killing her. people, not having a fucking staring contest with a fucking doll. Again, as I said earlier, I feel like the Puppet Master thing would have been better. You can, you can even still establish the same thing, like there's a backstage segment with them talking, Shana goes to leave and thinks Reginald has, has said something or like pushed her or something. She's like thinking, oh, what did you do that? Turns around and attacks him. You still get the attack. But you don't have the weird stare down. Like just something simple. It can be goofy, but just not a person having a feud with a doll. It's just soul crushing. It's soul crushing to watch. Thankfully, the content picked up, and we had our main event: Drew McIntyre versus Kofi Kingston. Winner gets a title shot. A hell in a cell. Other than the fact. We saw the match last week, I think, or the week before. Well, other than the fact we've already seen this match, I thought this was good. They put on a really good show in Kofi's gear. It was amazing. I didn't mention it earlier with um, Xavier Woods. They're rocking Power Ranger gear now. They're the white yeah. and green ranger. Really cool, really cool gear. Now, they set this up that this couldn't happen in the show with saying that if MVP or Bobby Lashley got involved, they'd be suspended or something. So straight away, I'm taking that out, because that you you book yourself into a corner by just putting that in. Now you've got to have a clean win. But you don't always need a clean win. I wouldn't have, I'd have MVP at ringside that he's come out to watch and not directly impact it. So it's not like, he grabs Drew McIntyre's foot or something and Kofi Kingston gets the win because that doesn't really help make Kofi seem like the bad guy. But he just like getting involved slightly, trying to taunt Drew McIntyre, trying to put him off throughout the match. And it allows Kofi to maintain some momentum. And I would have Kofi Kingston win because it's a different match. I mean, Drew McIntyre won and maybe that's going to be the Hell in a Cell match because there needs to be one. But... I feel like Kofi getting the match, it's something different. We haven't seen that title match. Give us that, Hell in a Cell. If you want to do the, uh, the third Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley, do it on at SummerSlam. Have a big match. Have a last man standing yeah. match that Drew McIntyre wins the title back in front of a crowd. Like, do whatever. Now, I think there's rumours of John Cena coming back at SummerSlam. That's, that's a rumour. Although... After okay. comments regarding China and Taiwan, not sure what reception he's going to get when he steps in front of a live crowd again. He's not in people's good books at the minute. So maybe the, if there is a long-term plan, obviously I'm not privy to that information. I can't book around. You're not that, privy but... to WWE uh, backstage no. plans. Oh, um, that's a shock. But yeah, I, I, I would go with <laughs> Kofi. I feel like it's a better. I feel like it's a better match for Hell in a Cell. It's a match I'd be interested in watching. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I, I agree with you. Do you know what? This is the one part of Raw that I actually wouldn't have changed. Not even with the stipulation. I mean... The only... <laughs> it, sorry, in, in terms of the match, I wouldn't have changed it. The result, I would have changed. I would just yeah. flip the result. Because I thought the match was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool. And yeah, um, they both can... sort of left it on the line, up You can keep them both looking strong just by having just the presence of MVP just being a bit of a distraction for Drew McIntyre not necessarily having to get involved not having to do anything but him just being there just being that, that off-putting yeah. just... well, a loss doesn't make you necessarily look weak and I hate to be that guy but AEW have managed to prove that they make people yeah. lose and they don't look weak like no. you can rehabilitate people really easily so 
my, my I mean, Drew McIntyre's lost his last two title matches. Yeah. Well, my thought behind it was I wanted to keep the Drew McIntyre Bobby Lashley feud on the back burner. I didn't want just yeah. to forget about that because if I was in charge, unfortunately, Kofi wouldn't get the win at Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Because I, I'd want that SummerSlam match with Drew and. And, uh, I just, and Bobby. I think that feud's dead. I just really think it's dead now. It's but, just run its course and it's yeah. dead course. So th- nice. those are all the matches and the kind of the changes I'd make. We've been talking for almost an hour, but there is still yeah. a little thing that I want to talk about. And it's not for Wait. Raw specifically, but it is a problem on Raw and okay. quite noticeably on SmackDown with their, their rosters now. And it was something that I, I started to think about after this, and that's when I was thinking, oh, I haven't seen Braun Strowman in a while, and now we know why. <laughs> we, we mentioned it the other week, but there is not many wrestlers on either brand at the minute that could main event a pay-per-view. Like, on Raw, <clears throat> if you take, if you disc like discount anyone who's in a tag team. So if people like Randy Orton, Kofi Kingston, AJ Styles have been champion before, could be in a main event feud. The Miz could be. John Morrison, if he was booked right, could be. But they're all in tag team, so we will not Literally. not focus on them. You've got Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, who's a, the, the US champion, so we'll have to forget about him. Bobby Lashley, that's it. There's, there's nobody else on Raw that looks like a main eventer with the current booking. The Fiend, but he's missing. God, no. <laughs> um, Keith Lee, again, he's missing. Everybody else has is established mid-card or lower at the minute. Yeah, And that is a huge problem. It is. It really is. And... I just wanted to say, actually, there's one person to me that stands out and has been the utmost highlight of the last couple of weeks of Raw, the match that he had last week. If he's booked correctly, and that is a key phrase, booked correctly, um, I feel like he could be the biggest babyface in the company, and that is Xavier Woods. His match last week was awesome. It was really, really good. He's got the in-ring work, and a lot of people sleep on that and sort of take him for granted as sort of third member of the New Day if you want, sort of cheerleader. But he's and really good in the ring. Was really good as well. Yeah, exactly. He's explosive. He's got the work in the ring. We all know he's got the charisma and can talk. You could easily have like a if you want a Woodsomania or whatever moment like Kofi did, and uh, I, I feel like he is just the natural person to be. Top baby face on Raw. He's he's likable. He's charismatic. Yeah. He's got the ring work. He's got the look. Like it's so easy. It's so sweet. Yeah, that that would that would be great. Obviously, I didn't count him because um, being in a in a tag Yeah, team. Um, yeah. No, I'm just saying he, he's one yeah. that sort of stands out to me. SmackDown isn't faring much better because they don't have a, t- a main event title feud at the minute. No. Um. Now, if you go down the list, they've only got 12 wrestlers not in tag teams on the main main roster, and I will count that two of those are Commander Aziz and Rick Boggs, so they're not really established yet. So Boogs, man. Boogs. Boogs. Sorry, I was typed it as Boggs. Um, Rick Boggs. So that leaves us with 10. One of them obviously is Roman Reigns himself, and Apollo Crews being champion doesn't make it so that he couldn't be a feud, but it doesn't really add, especially as they're both heels. So that takes us down to eight. You've got Cesaro, who just lost against Roman Reigns. Kevin Owens, who lost against Roman Reigns. Edge, who lost against Roman Reigns. The it's ones left, you've got... You got Big E, who was meant to be starting a feud with Alistair Black, but that's not going to happen now. That's um, ridiculous when you King actually Corbin. think about it. Yeah. Top uh, baby you got face. 
Big E, King, King Corbin, Sami Zayn, Seth Rollins and Nakamura. That's what, four? No, five. You've got five wrestlers. Now, I mean, all of those could be your top babyface in theory. Two of them, three of them are heels. Uh, actually, I guess King Corbin couldn't be a top babyface. You could build something around all of them, but that is everybody. <laughs> yeah. And do you know what? It's um, None of those guys are particularly old in physical age, but they're TV age, if you want. They're, they've all been on main roster WWE for years now. Like Seth Rollins has been on TV for the best part of 10 years. Yesterday, it was the seven-year anniversary since he turned on The Shield. So we've seen yeah. him for like the best part of a decade. And it just goes back to that that problem where no one seems fresh anymore on the main yeah. roster. Um, I am loving Smackdown each week. It's actually one of the few things that I'm actually enjoying with wrestling because I've now got to the point in watching all the WrestleManias where I've seen them all before and you kind of lose excitement. You get the Undertaker matches because I know they're going to be good matches. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying that, but everything else, I kind of know what's going to happen, and the 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 star is waned on it. So that's just a bit of a slog to get through. But it was meant to be a punishment. That's kind of the point. Raw is a slog to get through. I don't really have time at the minute for AEW, unfortunately, uh, or NXT. So SmackDown is kind of my like, light in the dark. Of I can watch that. I watch Your it on, on a Saturday, and enjoy it if it hadn't been for the releases yesterday i wouldn't really be critical of them but they they got rid of two smackdown superstars in uh, buddy murphy and alistair black who had important roles to play in the show like buddy murphy i don't think he was gonna get a big push but he was an established mid carder that someone could just yeah. have a match with and it would be a good match alistair black had this cool new character that made you want to tune in and now they're both gone and it's options that's what WWE is missing on Smackdown is they don't have many options and they're not missing that on Raw they're just choosing not to use it yeah uh, I think Tom Campbell put it best on Twitter he's uh, one of the guys who works for Cultaholic he said imagine having access to every single food in the world but you can only make cheese sandwiches which sounds insane <laughs> That is exactly what Raw is doing. It has access to some of the best wrestlers. Yeah. And he's just giving us the same thing every week. We've been talking for an hour. I don't John, know what we're going to talk Just one, one last thing, sir. I think uh, CM Punk summed it up pretty well as well. So CM Punk summed up these uh, releases and just the whole picture in WWE perfectly. I don't know if you saw it or not, but he said... It's like a movie with blockbuster budget and cast, but if it's written by creatively bankrupt nincompoops, specifically for an audience of one, in a language nobody understands anymore, it's trash. But people watch it because they like movies. I don't think you could sum it up much better than that. But there is, no. there is one simple, simple solution. A wise man once told me about wrestling. If the matches are good, the show will be good. That's all you need to do. That's all you need to do. And I think we should leave it there, folks. Uh, we've gone a, a bit longer. It's a bit of a different podcast, but Raw has broken us. Um, yeah. So thank you for listening to our ramblings. Uh, mainly Damien, to be fair. It's mainly been a Damien-heavy show, but I've, I've, I've enjoyed sort of listening <laughs> to how he'd try to, to fix... Uh, Monday Night Raw, you have to be a brave man to try and do that, so like I say, thank you all for listening um, it's, it's been nice to come back after a couple of weeks break and uh, we'll, we'll sure be back next week, so over to Damien for uh, his pattern words and socials Yeah, that did get a bit ramblier than I kind of intended it to be, but that's what Monday Night Raw does does to me now um, If if you liked any of my suggestions, thought they were good, let me let us know, and maybe we'll do some more booking style videos. They're they're quite a popular 
thing, we'll maybe do a video, maybe just do some more episodes of the podcast, who knows. If you, if you thought all my ideas were terrible, I mean, also let me know, because I'd love to know what your ideas were um, and how you'd do it better. There's no right answer for WWE. We know what the wrong answer is. Let's, let's have a right answer. Um, <laughs> if you'd like to get in touch with us, you, you can get in touch on Facebook at The Figure Forecast and on Twitter at Figure4UK. I hope to hear from you one way or the other on, a, on your opinions on Monday Night Raw. But I look forward to speaking to you again soon.